0: dustin i know i've seen this shirt before uh but i can't remember the story and i don't know if you've ever worn it on the pod so tell us tell us what's happened i think here's my re- re- recollection uh-huh. it's a picture you took it is um, all the
1: shirts i wear on the podcast are shirts are pictures i'm a photographer
0: i love that I'm trying to think. Is this a, like I see you got a trumpet in your hand, yeah, not and a me. sax in someone else's hand. Yeah, this is at a concert. It is at a concert. All right, right. tell me what's going on.
1: All right, so there's a band uh, from my early faith journey, okay, called Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, and uh, they're a, a ska band, and they're pretty incredible. So if you've never listened to Five Iron Frenzy, you should. This is a guy named Reese Roper. He's the lead singer. He's jumping and screaming. And uh, I made the shirt because I took the picture in on film, 35 millimeter. Love it. Uh, Thirty years ago.
0: How many shirts do you or sweatshirts, articles of clothes, do you have with a picture you've taken on it?
1: Only think? two right now because okay. I recycle them pretty quick. I test them a lot. So like this right here, this this print is garbage. This company was garbage, and I'm allowed to say that because I owned a t shirt printing company until a year ago. Yeah. So I know, you know what I know is. about it. We didn't do photos on shirts. So this was printed, it's terrible. Um, but, so I, I just tested a new company, not a new company, they've been around forever, but they just started doing shirts. Uh, everybody's heard of them. If they watch YouTube, it's called uh, Sticker Mule. Uh-huh. And uh, they, they started doing shirts and they're awesome. They're killing oh. the game. So my whole goal is that my, so no one buys my photos, right? right. I was a professional photographer for 25 years. Uh, weddings, like just stuff like that. Right. Like I've never, I've hung in like two galleries in my life. It's always the goal of a photographer to, you know, get, get gallery work. Um, I never did. Uh, But, but, but rock shows, I shot a lot of very famous musicians uh, in concert doing their rock shows. And, uh, these guys are not famous, but they're one of my, well, they are famous if you know them, but anyway, so yeah. So that's my new thing. It's like, I want to wear only clothes that I've taken the photo of and true. become the human billboard for it. Cause I don't like shirts. I don't like, I like your shirt. I love it. Like just blank. I don't need nothing. you to stare at me. Uh, so if you're gonna, if we're going to have a conversation, it's not going to say Nike, it's going to have
0: my work, your work. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So today, as far as our topic goes, I was telling you as I walked in kind of before we started recording, I was just kind of going back and forth with someone in the TikTok comments. They had commented on one of our videos about being an inclusive progressive church saying like the blood of all these people is on my hands as the mm-hmm. pastor. And that's true. Um, Say so I'm sending them to hell. Uh-huh. Good and, job, pastor. <laughs> and we went back and forth um, on this a little bit and- the person was like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay being the martyr, right? It's all right. I'm going to fall on this sword. Like your people are going to mock me. And I was like, all you need to do is focus on Jesus Mm -hmm. and like, stop caring so much about everyone else. right?" Right. Right. But I think as Christians, like, and people that care a lot about theology, there is this tension of my beliefs and how they impact, how I interact with other people and their beliefs. And I don't know that we've ever talked about this, on an episode at least explicitly and so the conversation i want to unpack is like what do you think the role is of your individual theological convictions in regards to other people around you and so like i talked to someone who goes to the well they went through our, our course called the trail and she was actually listening back to one of these episodes and she said that she was like surprised or maybe taken aback but also uplifted by me saying something that, like i have a lot of really strong held beliefs but like i don't always feel like it's my duty mm-hmm. to convince someone else this right duty. <laughs> i did say duty so what do you think about that like i'll share my thoughts in a little bit but like when you think about your beliefs how important is it for you to have other people co-sign those or convince other people to change their beliefs like in the life of an everyday christian you're not a professional christian anymore mm-hmm. like so, how much did that kind of stuff cross your mind?
1: Uh, <clears throat> it's a very interesting question because I'm really opinionated. Yeah. I'm an opinionated person. Uh, I have opinions about everything things that are ridiculously mundane, all the way to like, you know, really important stuff. And so, when we talk about this, you know, this is the important stuff. Yeah. And I, and I, And so I do have opinions about it. I'm like you in a lot of ways, though, where I don't feel like it's always my job to convince other people. I am dumbfounded that they don't share my opinion just right
0: off the bat. Yeah. You're like, like, I I don't need to convince you, but like, how in the hell don't you agree with me already? I am
1: literally not even agree with me, but like, didn't you come to the same conclusion as me already? Like, how are we not on the same page? Uh, And honestly, what's really weird is growing up in the Pacific Northwest, like, I feel like I was pretty. You know, congruent with everybody around me in, yeah. in sort of my theology and my faith, and that could have been because I was at a Bible college and I worked at one church for seven years, and so yeah. you know people were going to be just like by proxy they were going to be kind of know, in the on same. the same page. Yeah. Um. So now to answer your question though, I, I like I I personally feel very strongly that it's not my job to tell you what to and not to do. Yeah. I don't care if you're a Christian or a non-Christian or whatever. I feel like that's the job of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like people who don't, well, first of all, Christianity doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. Um, and so, but I think I feel like people that don't, that do feel like it's their job to really shake you, your, your opinion or your theology loose from what it is and then get it into line with theirs really do not take stock or or put credit into the Holy Spirit. I just don't think it's my job. I think my job, and I think it's so clear that it's not my job because Jesus says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul, or heart, mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two most important commandments, right? Yeah. I'm not already not good at loving <laughs> God with all my heart, mind, soul and strength. I have to actually really work at it. Yeah, To even, with all of my heart, mind, soul, I mean, I have a hard time with a little, hmm. you know, and then my neighbor as myself, oh, forget about it. I've owed my neighbor next door, a case of diet orange soda. Cause he let me borrow his pickup truck uh, for four months. I've been at the grocery store 108 times. I have forgotten every time I'm a <laughs> terrible neighbor to my actual neighbor. And then just to the people I'm around a lot of times too. So like, if I can't even lock down these two things, how then is it my job to go around pointing fingers, at everybody yeah. holding up signs that tell people that what they're doing is wrong. I got, I got a plank in my own eye. Yeah. It's not my job to take the speck out of my brother's eye. All of these things are in the Bible, except for the orange soda thing. I didn't make them up. And yet we pick and choose what we want to do. It's way easier to just get mad at someone yeah. and, and like, yell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because like what you said, I do think for whatever reason, the, especially the kind of evangelical, more Bible believing church, not say like progressives aren't Bible believing, but like the more conservative fundamentalist church doesn't put a lot of stock in the Holy Spirit because the work of conversion or the work of right belief is on me. And if I can't convince you, then no one can, right? And I think what you're kind of arguing is the same that I would argue, like that's up between you and God is one way to say it. But also like, if we believe the Holy Spirit's active and moving, like if I'm offline on things, I've shifted a lot of my beliefs on things over the years of my life in ministry and coming into faith and all of that. And I think that's by way of the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit works through other people, Mm -hmm. but I think trying to put an understanding of who's, who's holding the onus and whose job it is? Like, it's not my job or your job. But I would be interested like do you have a internal hierarchy of certain beliefs? Like cuz I love the idea of like love the lord your god with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If we just did those two things better, we would knock it out of the park. Yeah. But I was in the comments with this person and like for them to love the lord their god and to love their neighbor is to point out my sin, right? Right, right, right. To tell me why I'm wrong. Well, and that's so, what they believe. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that, but that's what they would believe. Mm. So, do you have, and I think actually, I, I'll rewind that a little bit. I do think calling out things is not always a bad thing. Um, no, but, but we're there's biblically a way instructed on in how to do it. Yeah, there's a way to go about it. Mm-hmm. So, do you, though, have like a hierarchy of, like, so say there's things like, the Bible is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the savior. Mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus people aren't or are living in sin. Mm-hmm. Um, women can be pastors or can't be pastors. Like, and there's a million other things yeah. that fall under those. And we, the language in the church is like primary and secondary issues. Like if we weren't using primary and secondary is the, the rubric, like, do you have a power rankings of like what you're more interested in fighting over? Or is it all like, that's just still not not my job. I don't think it's my job. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I definitely like I probably do have sort of a hierarchy. I mean, I would say that like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced that uh I'm convinced. I'm not pretty convinced. I'm convinced that Jesus is the way to heaven. Yeah. I believe that uh he is the sole way. And of course I understand completely that, you know, Muslims believe that. Muhammad and Islam, like that's the way, right? And, and Jewish people, you know, I get it that we all believe the same thing kind of, you know, with our own, our own deity. Um, I am pretty convinced of that, but it doesn't, I don't think I'm not pretty, I'm hundred percent convinced of it, but I don't think that it's my job to, again, rattle your cage so hard that you then believe that because I don't think that's my job. And I have like proof, like I have like most people would never be able to say this. I mean, I think most Christians probably don't have proof mm-hmm. and I have what I think is unequivocal proof you that know? Jesus is. Well, yeah. That like yeah. Jesus will, will break through any barrier yeah. to get to. And it's a whole long story. I was in Djibouti and yeah, you know, it's a whole long thing with an, uh, a woman who was um, uh, from Somalia who, who doesn't even, we didn't speak the same language and it was a whole thing. Maybe I'll share it someday. Yeah. But it was it was it's just this thing where you're like, okay, this woman's telling me a story through a translator. It's absolutely mind-boggling. She had a dream yeah. about, a, about a guy named, you know, uh Yeshua, and she didn't doesn't speak that language and she doesn't know what it means. She doesn't understand the sounds. It's just incredible, you know? Like, and and so like those are the things like that, that's one where I think that's that's pretty important. Now, does that mean though that if you get to heaven or you get you die and you go to wherever's next, and you didn't follow Jesus while you're here on this earth for this limited amount of time. Does that mean you're Im- immediately like separated from God, go to hell, all the different things? Uh, I have very odd beliefs about that. To most Christians, and okay. so you know, I actually. I don't know if I if it's a belief yet, but it's something I've been working on for a while. I've never said it out loud Ooh. <laughs> anywhere. So, oh, well, I mean, even to my wife and stuff. This is a what do you call it? breaking news? <laughs> yeah, it, this is a hot take, and it's also uh, I might be wrong. So let's just start there.
0: I want it before you go. For it. I think yeah. you you did what I wish every Christian would do though. Like, and you get props for that. I wish we would lead into something with humility and say like I might be wrong. Yeah, but like I feel this right. Like I think yeah, I if might. we all led into that <laughs> with things, like know. think of how much more like life giving the Christian space would be. It's yeah. like, I believe this. I feel strong about this, but I might be wrong. Cause then the whole tone of the conversation shifts. Right? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, you're not like being like, I'm right. You better believe this. Yeah,
0: well, it's usually you might, you are wrong. Not yeah. I might be wrong. Right. right but right, sorry, right. I cut you off. So I want to hear this. No.
1: Yeah. So like, and I think you and I have talked about this before, but I, I you know, I am not convinced. So we're on earth for, you know, however long, you know, maximum hundred years probably. Right. And then there's, and then there's one maybe. And then there's eternity. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I mean, you might live to be 120 or whatever. I mean, may most of us 85 or I don't know what the average lifespan yeah. is, but and then you go to eternity. So you know, I don't know, like a hundred years is one grain of sand on a beach in eternity, know, it, yeah. and then it's the whole world, right? And so you're like, all right. So then we serve this God who introduces us to mercy and grace. He introduces us to love. Uh, the The Son of God. Or, you know, God Jr., however you want to put it, God sends his son to die on a cross for us. So yeah. th- so there's this importance that we spend time together yeah. after this, whatever it is. And then you and you want to tell me that the same God who invented mercy and invented grace then says, well, you had 100 years to do it. And potentially you lived somewhere <laughs> where the the name of Jesus was never spoken. You lived on some island somewhere and knew nothing about Christianity. And and you didn't accept me, so you're you're going to be separated from me even though his desire is clear scripturally that he wants to be with us, right? It, it, it like, that, like that's why he sent his son so that so that we could be with him for yeah. eternity uh and i have a son and i would not send him for on this mission right i wouldn't i love you know it's crazy so like the sacrifice that was given so he teaches uh, teaches us about mercy and grace and then we're going to go to hell uh so my sort of hot take thing is and i know the catholics believe in purgatory purgatory but is is it possible because the bible says every knee will bow and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord is it possible that that doesn't have to happen on this plane, on this side of existence. You know, is it possible that we die and we get into a little room, like you know,
0: like the waiting room at the DMV? Yeah,
1: like a like a little like or like the where the detectives take you. You know, <laughs> An interrogation. And interrogation. Jesus is sitting across there and he's like, "I'm Jesus. Look at all these red miracles." And then you're like, "Yo, you're Jesus. I was wrong." And then that's what happens. But we we've put all of this. And I, I mean- Stalking today. Yeah, like we believe, like we've just decided that this has to happen on planet earth yeah. in your 78 years of existence. And if it doesn't, by golly, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm right. I just, I, 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 there's, so universalists and all these different people believe other things. And I've listened to a lot of it. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of grace in what you're saying. There's a lot of mercy in what you're saying. Even though I don't agree, you know, with your take, there's a lot of Jesus in it. Because he's the author and founder of those things, yeah. and 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 seemingly love, and so it it exploded my brain because I thought for sure it was like this or this, you know, the sheep and the goats, mm-hmm. depart from me. I never knew you, yeah. you know, and I was really solid on that, and that was my job then. To get
0: people saved. Yeah. You had to save. You were the, Jesus wasn't doing the saving. You were the, well,
1: I was doing the convincing of the saving. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, so I'm at summer camps. I'm at youth conferences. I'm speaking at these things and I'm bringing the fire and then, you know, come up front. We're going to Billy Graham. And I still, Billy Graham's still my idol, you know, but like, I don't know that we had to have it all right. We're just human beings with this gray mush between our ears. And so, yeah. Now, Real quick, sorry, I know I take over these podcasts because I talk too much, but one thing real quick I, I I will not say that it's not our job as followers of the way to influence other people. I think that the Holy Spirit uses people too mm-hmm. and you and I have been friends for a long time and I ask you questions about things and you ask me questions about things and we you know off camera and we you know, we're friends. We talk about our lives right. and we and influence each other. And I think that for sure, if you ask me, what do I think about this? I'm going to tell you.
0: Yeah. There's a difference though. in like, if you ask me versus I'm going to tell you, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm set out to tell you it's my mission.
0: Yeah. Well, first off I would say, I don't know that that's the hottest take in terms of the afterlife. I think I kind of am been in the same boat. I'm a huge post-mortem salvation kind of guy. But also I was thinking about this as you were talking, like thinking about all the people, like scripture tells us like, Old Testament folks who never knew Jesus are saved by Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so what is the saving work there? It's like not necessarily knowing who Jesus is, but faith in this promise to come. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like, I don't think we talk enough about the fact that like these Old Testament folks who never witnessed Jesus, some people died in the, like those are the heroes of the faith. A lot of people died in the interim Mm -hmm. that weren't like noteworthy, but like somehow we're still to believe that those people are saved. Mm -hmm. And so I think we often think of like what Jesus' work is doing is New Testament and beyond. But a lot of like the saving power is like looking at the retroactive Mm -hmm. saving that's done in the Old Testament. And then how does that then apply if that's a principle there to what's happening here in the New Testament and the life that we have? Like it actually makes the net much wider that Jesus is casting and takes the onus off of us. Like if our job is to share it with everyone – like, who's sharing it with the Old Testament people that died, right? No one can, right? right? And so that means, just logically, that there's some work God is doing beyond our control in the interrogation room or the DMV space or yeah. whatever's happening afterwards. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm just with you to say that I don't know that we're right on this, but I don't think it's that hot of a take because that's kind of where sure. I would fall in. I mean, it,
1: well, it was. it's a hot take for me to say out loud uh, on camera because I was a pastor for 25 years and I don't probably none of those people that I pastored yeah. listen to this. But if they do, they'd be like, it's you, definitely a different take than I had. The, yeah.
0: You've gone off the deep end now.
1: I mean, some of them probably are with me.
0: Yeah. I think and th- more people, I, that's the thing too, is I think, and we just finished this sermon series on fear-based spirituality. Like, I think if you remove the fear out of our theology and our spirituality, like we start to see things a lot differently And then it's not motivated by what I might lose or what might happen to me, but it's what I might gain, Mm. which sounds like a really like small shift, but I really do think it changes how we look at what happens, not just in this life, but in the beyond when it's not about fear and shame and and loss, but it's about grace and love mercy Mm. and what you gain. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Mm. And, and it's, it's perspective. That's a perspective shift. The my first perspective shift on this question, on the question of heaven or hell, came from uh, my old, an old pastor of mine who just one day we were at a we were at a uh, like retreat thing, and he's like, all the staff in we're in Orlando, and he goes, "I oh, want you guys. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Like, I've been struggling with this. You you guys think? You guys really think there's like a real hell?" And we're mm-hmm. all just like what the f- yeah. yeah i mean of course we all think there's a real hell like this is what we all been taught our whole life yeah. or whatever this is you when know? you were a youth this was a youth pastor no i was a youth pastor yeah no, I youth youth pastor. Pastor yeah, yeah i was a youth pastor at a surf church in florida and uh he he asked me or he asked us that and i thought that's what i thought i thought oh no because he'd always had really interesting like things like he had he his name's rob and he has a, a thing about the tithe like he's like tithe is old testament law you can't, and this is how he was. He was so he's so, he still is so eloquent, but he would say, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna butcher it, but he'd go, you can't pick and choose the, uh, you can't pick and choose the rules you're gonna follow off of a dead off of a dead man's cross, mm-hmm. or whatever you know. And it was just like you know, so the tithe isn't is no longer biblical. Is his it was his take right? Yeah. Like Jesus's thing was like give abundantly. Yeah. And there's no more like 10%. Right. And, uh, so he, he had all kinds of things that you just kind of go like, Oh, that's kind of different than what I've always been taught.
0: Yeah. Especially Uh, around the more like evangelical fundamental space. Yeah.
1: And if you, and if you say things that are different than what you've been taught historically, uh, that's heresy, right? Like you're immediately thinking like this person's yeah, you know, and going to try to start a cult or something. Uh, and so <laughs> when he asked that, I was like, Oh, uh, uh, it's happening.
0: Yeah. You're like, this guy's going to hell in a handbasket. Right, here we
1: go. And, you know, and then, you know, we had, we had th- that whole weekend. We talked a lot about it. Like mm-hmm. what, like the verses and stuff and Hades and eye have a needle and, you know, all the things. And I
0: bet you guys had way more formative conversation because someone that was a leader was like, Maybe he had less questions than he really presented, but he like presented a safe space for people to ask questions, right? And ponder together. And,
1: and he was always safe. You know, yeah. you could take any old, you know, wack, wackadoo idea to him and he yeah. would.
0: Which I think is kind of the point of what this whole conversation is, right? It's like, what is my role with other people? Mm-hmm. And I think it's creating a safe space for people. Like, And going back to even us in our friendship, like we don't need to and oftentimes don't always agree on things. But I don't think I've ever felt threatened by you not agreeing with me. I I don't feel any less smart. I don't feel like you're any less of my friend. And I hope it's the same way the other way around.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been times when you felt less handsome around
0: me. Well, all the time. I know that, um, (laughs) but we don't, I think like, and I would just saw someone post this saying like making adult friends is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. I think that's true. And I think that's actually part of the reason we're not good at living out faith is we don't know how to be friends to people. I have no desire. Yeah. None. Yeah. I think actually our friendship is like an abnormal thing in this, like, cause we didn't know each other growing up. No. We like met each other. We were kind of acquaintances, but really in the last like five years, we've become better friends Yeah, and maybe a little more than that. But like, that's, I would say an abnormal thing. Part of it is like, we have shared experiences and shared things we've got to do together and maybe like the practice of like shared time, but so. also we don't spend time with people like in the world. Like mm-hmm. I, you, other than my wife and my kids. And the staff at The Well, you you and Emily are the two people I spend the most time with. Yeah. And so you guys are my top 10 people I see. Would we be in your top
1: on MySpace and top friends on MySpace?
0: You'd be in my fave five if I still had T-Mobile.
1: I don't know what that means
0: what yeah so like i have t-mobile this was before so it doesn't exist anymore but before unlimited minutes were a thing oh, i remember like oh, you could yeah. pick your five people and you could wouldn't. call and text unlimited uh, and i remember like it was like your myspace topic yeah. like it was a big <clears> deal yeah and i remember i told someone they're like you know i i'm on verizon and i have unlimited with everyone yeah <laughs> i was like, like why the hell don't i get that
1: yeah right
0: uh I gotta choose who I'm like every month. It could shift. Like who do I think I'm gonna talk to? Or maybe every quarter or something. But it was like, well, if you had a new
1: girlfriend, like (laughs) you'd have to get the girlfriend on there.
0: Man, I had the same girlfriend all through high school and college. Is that when you had the
1: the top five? It was
0: like my mom and my dad. Which I don't think I've I've probably talked under a thousand minutes on the phone to my dad in my whole life. Yeah, hundred minutes probably. But it was like my parents, my brothers, and my girlfriend. And Uh it's like my girlfriend ate up all of that. Like I wasn't calling and texting my family. No. No,
1: it was moms and dads text the kids. My son, I see, you know, you see how it says red Uh kid never replies unless he wants something and then he'll reply. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think friendships is weird like that. And I think you just kind of get like, well, I think, I think partially your spouse becomes your like best friend. Yeah. And then your kids, as they get older, like my kids are 15 and 13 and they're like, they move away from being babies to being like kind of quasi adults. Yeah. And then they're in, in that becoming closer friends to me. Like yeah. we have things that we both like, like my son and I like soccer my daughter. Yeah, it's and not I just the about theater. keeping them alive. It's like, right. we can actually yeah. share experiences. Exactly. Like they're doing. still, they're still mooches, but they're, <laughs> but they're frigging like they're fun cool mooches. to be around. Yeah. And so then that kind of just takes up the energy there. Yeah. And then, uh, so then if you don't have something like, you know, we have a bourbon club and I, This bourbon club has gone like this, like it's gone like lots of members to zero almost, not really, but close. Yeah, but down. It goes up and down, and uh, I just want it to live so badly because it's just the one time a month I go do something. Yeah, I mean that isn't. I mean, with people related to my kids, yeah, yeah, and there are people I like, but it's also like I also have a thing where, um, you know, Leah invites me because my wife is great at making friends; she's fantastic at it. Uh, But then every single friend she makes their husband or boyfriend is a model and they usually are from another country. So have cool accent. I'm like, I can't compete with these guys. Yeah. You know, and not that, not that we're competing, but guys, guys always kind of feel that way. I think. Yeah. A little bit. And so then the question's always like, Hey, we're going to this thing. I'm like, can I drink at this thing? The The answer's no.
0: I, there's a solid chance. I'm not going to yeah, get it. I, that was a, when I was still drinking, that was my question. It's yeah. like, is this a drinkable event? Right. So, And
1: I mean, any event can be a drinkable event if you work hard enough.
0: I actually have a theory um, about, so I, like, my kids are, my oldest is in third grade, second grade daughter, and and then I have my youngest who's preschool, but my two that are in sports, um, uh, my theory is if people have tumblers and they drink, any more frequently than every five minutes, mm-hmm. than they are drinking alcohol. Okay, October. that's like, smart. I need to look at that. Like you can tell the people, like well, you're not drinking coffee that fast, man. I know you're drinking a vodka water or right. beer under there. Like, yeah, it, which is do it. Do you? I did that when I was still drinking. Sure. Like at sports games, but it's. I just think it's really funny. Like so, yeah. you go to the next game and like look and well, see if they their so. yeti in their hand. Yeah. And if they're drinking, especially if it's cold, more than every five minutes, it's booze. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, it's tonight. I'll start sending you pictures.
0: Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, well, I think we we did what we came here to do. And so I think... Shocked the world. We shocked the world. What would be, if you were going to kind of summarize and give, not summarize, but give maybe a, a takeaway or a challenge or a word of encouragement, something we used to do really early on in the pod. Yeah. Like, what would be your word of encouragement for the listeners? Man,
1: listen, Christians, listen, please. Just, just heed this word, okay? Please. Listen two to five times as much as you speak. That's That's what I wanted to say. If you, if you're like, it's like burning in you and I'm the talkative dude in the world. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I just sit over there and I just watch you like, when's he going to stop? So I can say something. When's he going (laughs) to stop? I'm not going to stop. (laughs) I'm a talkative guy, but this is a, this is a rule I live by, especially people who, if I don't know them very well, I'm just going to sit there and listen. And because, you know, if you, if I ever expect that you're going to ask me a question that's deep and that you, that you want me to honor the, the bigness of the question, think about it and answer that back in some sort of real way. Um, I have to get to know you. I got to hear your story. I got to yeah. be able to, and, and then the other thing I think about is I call them chips, like in poker, you know, do I have any chips in your life to speak into your life? Yeah. If I don't, if I got no chips means I never came to you, you know, help you change your tire in the snow or like, I've never like, – I'm not really – like, I just know you. like yeah. But we're not friends. If I don't have any of those chips, I'm not trying to speak into your life. Now, yeah. if we're at a gas station and we're getting gas and you light a cigarette, I'm going to tell you, hey, moron, put yes. the cigarette out. Yeah. That's not that's not like – you know, like, that's advice that so we don't die. Yeah. But, like, in the situation of just life, I'm not going to speak into your life.
0: Yeah, you're not going to tell some stranger how to parent in the grocery store. Or I mean, or unless someone.
1: you're hitting the kid.
0: Yeah. If
1: you're hitting the kid, I might I might say something. Yeah. But in general, like, no. I mean, it's not like – and I mean, yeah, if your kid just crying or like throwing a tantrum, I'm not going to say anything. That's yeah. not my job. Yeah. Or <clears throat> even if I know you and I think you're acting a fool. And I've thought Emily was acting a fool a number of times during her deconstruction, if we want to yeah. tie it back into that personally. But I love her. And if she asked me what I think, I'm going to tell her and I'm going to be honest yeah. in love like she because she's my like, sister, you know? But like- if She doesn't ask, yeah, and you have had I'm those
0: conversations, just... but they've been like out of like a mutual respect, right? Yeah, like you, yeah, I would say you've done a good job in that. Like, uh, both of me, like, there's been things that I've said, and you're like, there's two of you, there's two of us, right? You like, said both of me, uh, both, both Emily you and, and your and twin. I, I do have a twin, but I think you do a good job floating that line of like, I have my thoughts, I have like a word of grace to share with you, but it's like, I'm only going to share this when it's solicited, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate Um, that you do too, but they, but you get the questions. I don't, you know, for the most part, I'm behind the cameras and stuff and that's fine. I don't need the questions. I, you know, if you say something real dumb, I'll say, wait a minute, you know, and then usually, but you don't say dumb things.
0: I think that's a good, so I will co-sign and sponsor and double down on what you said. Listen twice as much than you talk is what you said, right? Yep. I think that's great. Um, well, before we go, do you have a recommendation? Anything you're doing? Ted
1: Lasso, my friend. If you haven't seen it, it's a great show.
0: Ted Lasso, hot take. It's brand new, it's brand new. Great show. Um, oh, what's mine? I had one that, uh, oh, look, the new season of Loki, it's been pretty interesting. Okay. Um, I'm as of this recording, I'm waiting to, to the, the newest episode comes out today. Okay. Um, and there was just a huge cliffhanger in the season. So I think three episodes in for it. Was Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger went. in
0: it? Oh, great movie. He um, is a great movie. He's not in Cliffhanger. No, it's though. not
1: Cliffhanger. It's, uh, it's on Arnold. That's it's, Sylvester uh, Stallone. Yeah. yeah. The Sly. Um, so all, Loki, all those beefcakes, I can't keep yeah, them. Loki
0: season two was great. Fun
1: story. I don't, I don't watch any of those shows cause I'm yeah. not a nerd, yeah. but my kid and my wife, my son and my wife are nerds super into it. And so they wanted to watch the new season with me and I've never seen it and I don't know what's going on. So we watched the old season. We just finished it. And that is where the story came from when I was, when I said the thing about being in the room with Jesus, I was thinking about oh, yeah. Loki in that room with, yeah, yeah. uh, what's his name? Um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I like Lightning McQueen, as I like to call him. So did you like it? Um, What I understood. Yeah. You don't have all the- They had to explain a lot to me. you don't have the whole context. Why is there a chick now that they said is Loki? And then they're like, oh, let's explain. And I'm like,
0: I don't know. Well, I'll tell you. So have you finished season one? Yeah, we just finished. So season two is once you get all of like- that story, it's kind of the same mm-hmm. physics of the world they live in. Yeah. So, but it is interesting. But it's in some ways more confusing. Like it's very oh, much incredible. like Back to the Back to the Future, like cyclical time loops. Oh, like, see, I can't what, do that. stuff. What's impacting? It's very interesting. So, it, I
1: mean, like, it's cool that I have a cell phone because I just play this bubble bobble game thing on yeah. it. And
0: You're like my wife. You like kind of watch. You like passively watch. Halfway paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. good. Well, those are our recommendations. We're sticking to it. Cheers, my friend. And uh, don't forget, embrace the journey. We tried something new that time. We did. That was
1: good. All right, let me turn this off.